good news, everyone. Talking Futurama is coming back for Talking Futurama Season 2, Part 2. Fresher than a summer ham, this podcast comes every Friday. And if you sign up at the $5 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you can hear each episode as it goes live. That's right. Sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for $5 to hear Talking Futurama every Friday throughout the rest of 2020 and also all the previous episodes we've done so far. So head over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons now or we're going to clamp you. Shut up and take my money. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, where the oafs are always the first to go. I'm your host, alcoholic night swimmer Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today, as always? Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and these podcasts take us away from the harsh realities of peasant life. It's true. And who do we have on the line? Uh, friend and horny, I'm Merritt Kay. And today's episode is Treehouse of Horror 11. <laughs> Stupid orange joke. <laughs> Today's episode aired on November 1st, 2000, just in time for Halloween. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. Oh boy, Bobby, eerie timing for the day that we're recording this because a handful of lucky Americans are getting their hands on a PlayStation 2 the same time that this comes out, uh, as well as uh, playing, I guess, Fantavision or uh, Dynasty Warriors. SSX was the only (laughs) thing to play in the year 2000. Uh And, and of course, this week in the year 2000, we're just one week away from the presidential election <laughs> of Bush versus Gore. So a, uh, an exciting week for The Simpsons. And also, this is a, uh, I think we'll get into it a little bit, but this is a Wednesday date I am talking about, not a Sunday oh, date. Oh, I forgot that it aired at an odd time. That's yes, right. Yes, yeah. There's there's a lot about Simpsons scheduling history for this uh, this year's Halloween horror, but uh, Treehouse of Horror, but... Uh, uh, yeah, this the PlayStation 2, I didn't even have one friend who got it in the year 2000. Like, really? They were, they were so unavailable. Okay. And, uh, I think we were all just like, well, okay, we were a Dreamcast house as well. <laughs> so I think losers. Like, <laughs> if, if we couldn't just walk into a store and buy a PlayStation 2, we're like, who needs that? We've got Fantasy Star Online. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. I I got one because I got like the last reservation at a Funko Land, uh, the worst name uh, store in history uh, in R. June. RIP. Yes. It was part of the giant, like uh, the multi-tentacled beast of GameStop and Funko Land and EB Games and all the things they absorbed. But uh, yeah, that was fun. Perhaps if you didn't get a PS2, you might have been playing Majora's Mask, which came out that same week. Ah, oh, sorry. So yes. that was, uh, oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. Ooh, it's a great game. Counter-programming, better than anything on the PS2, that launch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that was such a great, like, weirdo game. Like, I think, uh, folks, I don't think people didn't like Majora's Mask. Oh, they hated it. Okay. Everybody I talked to, as someone who loved the game, they're like, I hate that timer. That game sucks. Uh, People hated the timer. And going back now, I will say it is a little weird. Like, it's kind of finicky. There's a lot of stuff you have to get used to. But if you dig deep in there... You're gonna you're gonna find some great stuff. All the masks, that moon, really mm-hmm. spooky, yeah. really scary. That that game actually scared me a lot, much like Treehouse of Horror episodes did when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they made a Zelda game in 18 months. 
Yeah, what do you want yeah. from them? <laughs> That's true. And the 3DS one is very good, except for a few things that kind of broke, but that is like the preferred way to break uh, to play the game and break it too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Snap it over your uh, finger. When are they going to dump both of those, the Ocarina 3D and the Majora 3D, just onto the Switch? Just be like, there, you can oh, have it. When they do the, uh, the Zelda All-Stars 3D collection. Oh, uh, yeah. Available for three weeks <laughs> in the fiscal year of 2023. For $60. It'll $60. cost uh, 60 They'll both look like shit. They'll have a music player that only works when you turn on your Switch and open the game. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but hey, welcome back to Merit. Thank you. It's so good. Is this what, number three or four? I think it's four. Yeah, I think it's, it's four, four, yeah. Wow, the big four. Oh. Yeah, because uh, you did the Rodney Dangerfield episode. The Rodney Dangerfield episode, that's right. <laughs> uh, you did Natural Born Kissers, and you did uh, the Jacques episode from season one. So You will get your yes. pocket watch in the mail. We usually hand them out in person. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, what's uh, well, what's going on with you these days, Merritt? Everything fun at uh, FanBytes? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm over at FanBytes com. doing a lot of podcasts these days just mm. doing a lot of podcasts i started a new show called the k-hole Ooh. and uh that's kind of a weird interview show where uh i have people on and we we sort of just start talking and see what happens and yeah i think the third episode will be out by the mm. time this episode is out and uh it's a lot of fun and if you go to podcastnet.work which is a weird URL, but <laughs> podcastnet.work, that's where all of our shows are. But uh, yeah, I think this is the first time that I watched a Simpsons episode since the last time I was on the show. Oh, wow. Even in this 2020 times, you didn't, I know, uh, you, you I didn't know. turn to the Simpsons for comfort? Just turn on the tap, the Simpsons tap. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Uh, I think I say this every year for the past four years, but I think this is my favorite Scully era uh, Halloween one. It's the filthiest mm. and the most mm. violent and references mm. to glory holes and sugar walls. and uh, <laughs> The sugar walls reference just came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, and there was no cum jokes as far as I could tell, so they missed, mm. they missed one of the... <laughs> yeah. One of the targets uh, there. But, uh, well, yeah, I guess uh, I, I think we all were watching this when it, it aired live, perhaps. I, I, I know I was. when oh, I was, yeah. I was not, shockingly. Whoa. I was actually in Berkeley, uh, one of my first uh, trips to California, visiting a friend out uh-huh. here. That was uh, before I lived here, of course. And uh, I didn't watch the episode, but of course, after it aired, I used my friend's computer to look up all TV Simpsons, see what they were talking about. And people were mm. shocked at the level of filth this episode <laughs> stooped to <laughs> i think this is as far as they go filth i think the 13 one is uh, the, the 12th treehouse i think ter- pulls it back a little bit i think though i remember enjoying this at the time but also i think i think i do think the scatologicalness maybe i was like boy these are getting violenter and violenter every year these yeah. treehouses uh the gruesome deaths that like tress mcneil's characters suffer oh, in the middle god. of this episode yeah. just the brutal s- screaming bloody oh my murder god yeah Tress really earned her paycheck this week on on The Simpsons. (laughs) But we have a a bunch of new writers on this episode, and uh, so I don't bog down the front of the show with all their bios. We're going to focus on uh, Rob Lezebnik first, and then when we get to Insane Clown Posse, we're going to talk about uh, John Frank and Don Payne, who are writing partners, or they were at the time. So I want to talk about uh, Rob Lezebnik first, Mm -hmm. and would you believe, this is going to be a big shocker, (laughs) he went to Harvard in the mid-80s, and yes, he wrote for the Harvard Lampoon. Whoa! What? Where did they find this guy? Yeah, he came in the back door. 
Nora on this job. And it that's might... such a weird coincidence. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Slightly less shocking is that he started on HBO's Not Necessarily the News, which is where a ton of Simpsons writers came from, like Ian Maxstone Graham, Al Jean, Mike Reese, Conan O'Brien, Greg Daniels, and George Meyer. They all wow. wrote for this, so they wow. knew this guy. Wow. I need to watch that show huh. just for Simpsons' uh, knowledge aptitude. Uh, one of his first sitcom gigs was a very traditional show, but I enjoyed it as a kid. It was Empty Nest, and he wrote yeah. 13 episodes between uh, 1988-1993. A Golden Girls sister show, not quite as classy as Golden Girls, but mm. it was of the same old people Miami vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that show, and I remember it had, uh, man, I forget the actor's name, but he, he was the Susan Harris favorite because he had been burnt on soap as was well. It David Leisure or uh, yeah, it, the I old mean, guy? The old guy. Okay. The old guy on the show. He's Because he was on soap, and I love soap. Empty Nest, I didn't I didn't watch so much. but uh, He was great on soap. Yeah, but it was a good, he's a good, like, it was a great combo show with Golden Girls. You're thinking of Richard Mulligan. Thank you, Richard yes. Mulligan. Thank you. So before writing for The Simpsons, he created uh, Rob Lezebnik. He created two TV shows that no one has ever heard of. So he created one of the original WB shows called Muscle, which was what? a parody of primetime soap operas like Melrose Place, but it took place at a uh, gym. <laughs> what? So what? there you have it. That I, was his first uh, sitcom he created. I have never heard of that show. And I I was paying attention to the launch of the WB <laughs> and every garbage show they had. But wow. God, that would... you could really just write anything in that era. It sounded like they like, were buying. I'm jealous sometimes. Me too. Like it was a golden age of sitcoms. People were buying every sitcom because it yeah. was, the promise of a syndicated show once you hit 100 was just a payday. Mm-hmm. And everyone yeah. was reaching for that. Uh, but yeah, that was like the soft launch of the WB like in the spring of 95. I think the fall of 95 was their big uh, proper debut. But he created another sitcom in 1996 for ABC called Common Law, a uh, vehicle for the late Greg Giraldo. Uh. And he was a uh, Latino lawyer at a mostly white law firm. Uh, nine episodes were produced, but only four aired. So Damn. there you Jeez, go. Boy, man. I, well, I can see after those two things, why Elizabeth went into like staffing up on sitcoms instead of uh, after the two. I mean, honestly, that he got to create two <laughs> shows is pretty shocking. <laughs> Yeah, really, Greg Daniels and Mike Scully are the only people to create uh, shows that lasted on uh, outside of The Simpsons. Yeah, really. Yeah. I know. I know. Oh, Conan what, O'Brien. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I know that's what uh, Sam Simon like crapped all over the right. He's like, yeah, nobody else from The Simpsons created stuff. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's true, but. No, I mean, it's hard, it's hard out there to create a TV show. So I'm not sure what Rob's uh, status on the show was back in this day. So he was a co-executive producer since 1999. Mm. Uh, he wrote two episodes in 2000. He wrote a segment of this one and also uh, the Prank Monkey episode. Oh, God. Uh, I forget what that one's called, but we're going to get to it soon. Dignity. There you go. Yeah. And then, uh, like, he's been on the show since 99, but in the early 2000s, he was also working on other stuff like Ellen's second sitcom and also Less Than Perfect. So, like, two ABC shows. So I assume. Uh, he still had like an ABC deal he needed to get through while working on The Simpsons. That sounds about right. A Disney deal he had to work through while Mm -hmm. still there. And uh, we're going to wrap this up real quick though. But uh, yeah, he's been working on the show since 1999. Uh, His last episode was Frink Coin, which aired in February of 2020. (laughs) Uh, Crypto episode. Exactly. Uh, 17 episodes to date. (laughs) And he is one of five founders of the very short-lived Icebox.com. Oh God, Icebox.com. Wow. And that is why there's 
there's an episode based around uh, web cartoons. Of course. And that bubble bursting in oh, 2001 or 2002. God. Wow. He got them the critic deal then, I guess, because he knew Gene and Reese. Or, uh, yeah. But I, uh, there were two other things I did learn about Lezebnik. Uh, one is that he is brother-in-law of uh, Nell Scoville, who who we interviewed. Uh, God, it's even more incestuous than I thought. <laughs> uh, her- <laughs> Her Nell Scoville's sister Claire Scoville Lezebnik is a novelist in her own right, and so there, that's uh, that that's that connection. And also, I found out that Lezebnik wrote the 2016 episode where Smithers came out to Burns. Oh, okay. And uh, so Smithers is no longer in the closet. In case you're uh, not still oh, watching the Simpsons, did not know about that. And uh, Lezebnik said he was inspired by his own son coming out to him, and he's and he said that he he ran jokes by his his 21 year old gay son. <laughs> including like hey is this what tinder is? or sorry is this what grinder is and his his son was like yes <laughs> that's kind of cute yeah but uh, i mean hey it's nice you know uh, it, that he was honoring his his gay son mm-hmm. <laughs> that he, he loves his gay son as as the wonderful saying goes it's just but... good to see a 60 year old harvard graduate get work these days I know. in this economy it's so hard he's <laughs> God. Uh, but uh, hey, he's uh, yeah, he's a real Simpsons lifer. I'll I'll just be nice to him in this one because I do think he wrote a good episode or a good segment on here. I will not be so nice on Homer versus Dignity. I don't <laughs> think. But um, uh, well, another so another bit of news on this episode was when it aired because you've you've noted this before, Bob. This is the first of many treehouses to not air in October for about a decade. Yeah, yeah. they would always air after. Right, that's um, weird. And because of baseball, correct? It is. Almost oh. always because of baseball, uh, though, and it is for this one too, but I did a little extra digging to really figure out why it happened. So uh, the World Series that year, as just happened in the year 2020, the World Series also pushed the Halloween special into November. That was going to happen in October of 2000, but the Yankees actually just swept the series and won in four games. So... Had they not, there would have been a game on Sunday, the last Sunday of October, but there wasn't. Uh, so game four ended on Thursday. Now you think, okay, then they're going to run the Halloween special on the Sunday. They've got the time. <laughs> but for some reason they didn't. It was all reruns. It was last year's Treehouse that aired on that Sunday and also Halloween. They aired that Ooh. that as well. Okay. Then I'm like, well, wait, well, what, then it aired the next Sunday? No. The Tale of Two Springfields aired the next Sunday. This aired on Wednesday, November 1st. And I was like, why the hell did that happen? And it was because they wanted to give a a push to a big premiering show that was coming on their channel uh, for the year 2000, uh, though wouldn't help it out in the end. It was Normal Ohio, the John Goodman starring show where he plays Butch, a gay man moving back in with his family, which uh, was created by or co-created by Bob Cashel, a writer on The Simpsons who had a bad time. Oh, the the fired man. The fired Bob Cashel. It went on to great success. Marin, I don't know if you remember that uh, that Normal Ohio show. I only watched no, the first episode. Uh, I will say, you know, as a uh, as I guess I, I don't like the bear classification, but I guess I would say I'm that in the gay community. But I at least like that 
John Goodman in the year 2000. You know, there's there's all types of discourse about straight people playing gay roles, but I did like seeing at the time that, you know, mm -hmm. a non-traditional looking uh, man playing a gay role and being about, you know, hey, gay people aren't just this one type of stereotype. Sure, They're another yeah. stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the American public at that time thought like, could you imagine? Yes, that, that was the yeah. premise for them. Right. Like, John, yeah. could you think about it even for a second? That They didn't take it like that, unfortunately. <laughs> that I think is the one two punch of it is that the World Series, they were prepared for a World Series delay on Sunday anyway, and then they're like, you know what? Let's just put it with the new John Goodman show, and maybe it'll boost its leading ratings as a lead-in. Uh, but Normal Ohio did not last very long. But uh, so, uh, and, and I guess last production note I have on this is that technically this is still a season 11 production, so in season 11, they produced two Halloween episodes. They did the first episode of production season 11 was was the 10th Halloween special and one of the last ones I think the last one is the final is this Halloween special hmm. so an interesting it usually was that the tree houses came at the start of a production run but I think this started the new trend that it was one of the last things you do and it's a holdover to the next season as as happened in ah. 2020 as well with the episode written by our, our, our good buddy Julia Prescott mm -hmm. just because they take so much longer to produce oh, yeah. with everything going on in them they're very dense <laughs> right Right. And uh, this is our first one of season 12. Crack back open those season 12 DVDs. I think I, I had not watched my season 12 DVDs in a long time. I think they've got really great menus. Like the uh, the Comic-Con style of it is is really good. And it I guess actually it made me nostalgic for 2009 huh. when it came out. It's funny. Uh, the commentary for this episode was recorded the day Barack Obama was elected president. It's the first nuts. time. It's, it's nuts. Wow. Listening to that commentary as they're joking about about like Obama's in charge and Prop 8 passed. I'm like, how times have not changed as I'm listening to this commentary in a celebratory mood of, of uh, Trump being defeated, but also Prop 22 passing in California. So bad propositions all around in, in the state of California. Uh, so yeah, it was all, it was, uh, I'm not used to being nostalgic on listening to those commentaries now. The Simpsons will be right back. Fox Wednesday. Halloween's not over till The Simpsons say it is. Rescue you, stuff my dump with candy, it's all good. An all-new Simpsons Halloween special on a special night. Then John Goodman returns to television. I'm not laughing. How about now? On the series premiere of Normal Ohio. It all begins at 8, 7 central, Fox Wednesday. Sorry, I clear my throat there. It's Henry. Welcome to the break. Big thank you to our guest this week, Merritt. We uh, love having her on. She is a very fun guest, and you should check out all the cool stuff she is doing at FanBite. As well, if you're a fan of what me and Bob do, first off, do you know that this isn't the only podcast we do? We also, every week, do the What a Cartoon podcast, where we talk about an animated series in the same way we talk about The Simpsons. And both of those podcasts are brought to you by our wonderful subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For $5 a month, those people help me and Bob do this as our full-time jobs, and they get a ton of bonuses as well. Many, many 
many exclusive Patreon podcasts like me and Bob talking about Futurama, King of the Hill, The Critic, Mission Hill, all in the same Talking Simpsons style and just launching now in this year. First off in January, we are launching once a month. We're doing the Talking Futurama podcast and we're still going to be doing our twice a year limited weekly miniseries, which starting in March is going to be Talking of the Hill season two, part one. So much you can look forward to at the $5 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So please sign up today and support us. And if you're looking for a combination as good as alcohol and night swimming, consider $10 a month and What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, that combination for you. For just 10 bucks a month, you get all of the stuff I just talked about for five bucks. Then you get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie Podcast. We cover an animated feature film in the same in-depth style that we touch on The Simpsons and What a Cartoon. Recent films have included this month, The Dexter's Lab, Movie, Ego Trip, The previous month for five hours, our record-long podcast, we talk about the end of Evangelion and a giant back catalog, over 100 hours of exclusive podcasts waiting there for you at the $10 level. In addition to all the $5 stuff at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Please consider signing up today. It really helps me and Bob out. Uh, but I guess why don't we get started with the uh, the opening of the show is a monsters parody, like shot for shot, exactly the monsters thing. The better monsters opening. There are yes. only two seasons of the monsters. This is the second season opening, a parody of it rather. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sad because um, I just rewatched the Adams Family movie over Halloween. Uh, we're in November now, and uh, I really feel like the monsters missed its chance to have a movie. Like mm-hmm. the monsters was brought back more on television, yeah, uh, yeah. because I think yeah. it was like a higher concept idea, but it never got a proper like ironic remake like the Adams Family yeah. did. I always hated the Munsters. <laughs> I don't know why. I think they were, it was, it was, it would air in the mornings before I would go to school. I, and I think even then I was like, I just wish I was watching the Adams Family. Like, I hate this. <laughs> Who are these people? They Just like, why does a Frankenstein and a Dracula make a wolfman exactly. child? How does that work? Yeah. I... The Adams Family was the better show and like the centerpiece of the show was the joke, what if a husband loved his wife? Yeah. and was sexually attracted right. to her no it Could was you... like what if what if like there was just like a good heterosexual couple who yeah. were good parents and still really like into each other they're freaks. Uh, freaks and yeah they're freaks but like it's so good and i mean i'm saying like the tv show the older one had a what's his name as gomez uh john john uh, astin yeah John Aston, who was great, very different kind of portrayal of the role than uh, Royal Julia later on, also good. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, like both the Munsters and the Adams Family had like seventy episodes each, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And premiered the same year. I had always thought one was a response to the other, but they premiered at the same time. But I it think... was just in the the zeitgeist at the time. <laughs> I, you know, when I I was trying to deconstruct why I like the Adams Family more than the Munsters too. I think it is that the Adams Family are they're not monsters; they're just weirdos. They're like 
like they, yes. they're not classifiable yeah. they're just strange things while meanwhile the and also they love being outside society and just being strangers yeah yeah, yeah. the monsters they want to be part of society especially their goody two-shoes daughter they're conformists they're, yeah exactly uh. they're they're monsters who want to conform instead of enjoying being weirdos but uh like both have good theme songs i think the monsters one is the better one this like weird like dick dale surf rock song sure, yeah. sure. which them... was later used i think in a fallout boy yes uh, so uh song, like, do you, oh, like really? five or six years ago do you yeah. know this henry i did not okay know this, i'm gonna no. send you a clip because i was sitting around in a bar probably in 2015 and i'm just like i don't know staring at a tv uh waiting for time to pass by <laughs> and i hear like is that the Munsters theme? And I pull out my phone. I'm like, did someone sample? You can't sample the Munsters theme. It's, it's too iconic. People will just think of a Frankenstein father. But no, Fallout Boy sampled it for the song Uma Thurman. What? Yeah. yeah. What? And I, I sent a clip for Henry to play. Henry, you don't know what the kids are listening to or oh, were five man. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. That's All right, that's so enough. like I was sitting in the bar and I was just like, oh, this this pop song is starting, whatever. And then the Munsters theme pops in. I'm like, I just was knocked out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. I am in shock that that song exists. I well, I mean, I also didn't know. I guess I should have known Fallout Boy was writing the same type of music everyone else does now. I'm just like, well, well, good times. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like high uh, hopes, etc. <laughs> to be fair, that that riff owns. Oh yeah, but it, it yeah. belongs to the Munsters, and you can't reappropriate <laughs> yeah. that. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I also, it's funny that the Simpsons parody the Munsters shot for shot because the original Munsters opening was a shot for shot parody of the Donna Reed show opening. Okay, yeah, that's, I, I, I was thinking, like, I watched the first opening and it was just so odd because yeah. it's just not Morticia, but Lily greeting people as they leave the house. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, Grandpa almost kills her. <laughs> and, and, and you end with the dad instead of starting with him because that's how it was in the Donna Reed show. But yeah, it's, uh, the first opening's not as funny, especially if you don't have the Donna Reed show memorized, which who does? But but yeah, this the Simpsons opening, I especially like the little touches, how like Homer is like, oh no, and then just shakes his head like, ah, never mind, and then wobbles his head just just like the, the Frankenstein man did <laughs> in Monsters. I don't want to know their names. Fred like. Gwynn. <laughs> he was in My Cousin Vinny as the judge. Oh, sure, yes. And all, oh my God, he was. I just rewatched that movie like a week ago. <laughs> What a great character actor. And and also the most main man who ever existed in uh, Pet Cemetery. Sometimes dad is better. <laughs> See, why didn't the Frankenstein father just crush that zombie child? Yeah. With his giant hands. <laughs> well, you know, the Achilles tendon will take out even a Frankenstein man as well if you go if you go for that. That that scene, ugh, that was one of like the grossest scenes ever. <laughs> but, okay, this is weird. Yeah. Uh Fred Gwynn went to Harvard on the GI Bill where he was affiliated with the Adams House. Well, Ooh. honey, I like that. And he's another Harvard crony. Only Harvard guys. I, I guess so he's, he, its name commemorates the services of the Adams family. Not not the Maybe. actual Adams. No, not the actual Adams. No, no, I don't. Uh, well, also, I guess yeah, the, if, the presidents. a rule on this Talking Simpsons, too, is if we mention the monsters, we have to mention that Al Lewis was a proud socialist mm -hmm. as well. So oh. good old grandpa. Was he the grandpa? Yes. 
Oh, good for him. And uh, and, a, and a greeter at his own restaurant of his own name. <laughs> That's right. Just living on the front. Just uh, uh, and... He was in Netherlands too, but it's just a guy who kind of looks like him. <laughs> I forget. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was in Gremlins 2, but everybody was. Uh, and then I like, uh, I, I do like that the parody ends with everyone being killed by the town and that when you see the corpses of everybody, it is accurate how you kill those monsters because Grandpa and Mark have stakes in their hearts because they're vampires homer's on fire because mm-hmm. frankenstein's hate fire frankenstein monsters hate fire and there's yeah. a bear trap on bart which i guess really he should have been shot with a silver bullet but, yeah that's just know. hard to convey uh but butch patrick was just on the show so that's right yeah in the, in the same production season and, uh, and also that like lisa remained untouched which in it's not to say they never killed lisa on the show but i feel like in Treehouses she was the last to get killed and stuff mm. uh that which really if you watch the most recent Treehouse it's interesting because they do it's the complete opposite they do a happy death day parody with lisa in the lead so you watch lisa die a bunch oh. of times and it was is kind of disturbing uh and i also like she comes out holding a copyright law book that's funny too uh so we begin our first one with ghost dad which uh obviously is a parody about a movie starring some guy in it it's a parody of that movie but also for the first 90 seconds it's a parody of final destination yeah i i wonder how that it came okay final destination came out six months before this movie uh, this episode came out i wonder if like how if it's a coincidence or not it does it definitely feels like final destination for sure but yes the episode begins with homer reading his horoscope hey who cut out beetle bailey i need my miss buxley fix i don't like you ogling her <laughs> why don't you eat kathy she's hilarious eh too much baggage Ooh, my horoscope taurus Today you will die. What? <gasps> and you may get a compliment from an attractive co-worker. <gasps> Lenny? Really <laughs> says die? That sounds unusually specific for a horoscope. Mm-hmm. Maybe I better check mine. Today your husband will die? <gasps> Homer, I'm scared. Ooh, scary newspaper. Don't hurt me, horoscope. I'm afraid of... Ow! Oh, paper cut, paper cut! That wrist paper cut is is horrifying. (laughs) So uh, just typing Miss Buxley into Google image search, uh, the fourth, I'm sorry, third result is a naked drawing of her drawn by Mort Walker. Uh, This is very easy to find. Uh, Apparently he made a print of her. uh, So she's not just naked. She's also giant. And all of the male characters are crawling all over her and Beetle Bailey is headed towards her private area with a ladder. He's like, I'm climbing in. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. And this is from an auction site apparently <laughs> man he more walker was ahead of the curve of like that's what online comic strip artists do now they're all like i'll draw <laughs> i'll draw any character naked just uh, uh, you don't even have to ask me i'll just do it but like the more walker was like all right finally i can make i can sell some of these <laughs> these sexy drawings i've done in miss buxley for decades <laughs> more walker was one of the hornier artists on the comic strip page in the in the last 50 years for sure and miss and miss Buxley was his blonde bombshell of a character who get this she was a sexy secretary of an old man it's uh it's of the I'm stupping my secretary jokes era yes. and you would have to yeah. use the word stupping ah uh, yeah you couldn't use I love, any other I love uh, comic strips like this where like all the guys are drawn like fucking gremlin monsters <laughs> with like no eyeballs and huge noses and then like you can tell like the women are drawn like they're a different fucking species yes it's yeah. like uh like every comic strip like this 
this is the exact same way. Like, I don't know, High and Lois or like, well, I can't think of any of them because they're all pretty terrible. <laughs> Hagar, but... Hagar, every man's a Hagar. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen the challenge for Mort Walker to be like, Mort, uh, here's a thousand dollars. Draw a sexy man. <laughs> just give it a shot i I don't think he could but like i I love that homer is he's like the millions of men who were reading beetle bailey just to see like occasional strip where miss buxley like bent over or something (laughs) showed a bit of thigh yeah again people are very horny for miss buxley like he did high and lois as well i didn't realize that oh yeah he occasionally i think he'd do a little bit of horniness with lois as well i i'll admit i read the more walker like a mort walker book growing up as a kid huh. as uh, uh-huh. in the library and he as the creator of high and lois makes comic book guy laugh that's right <laughs> important fact uh, about him I, I like that homer rebuffs the reject the suggestion of reading kathy because it's uh, it doesn't make him horny enough it's he needs too much baggage yeah and uh, and homer looking at his horoscope says he's a taurus that does fit uh with the homer driver's license that we saw in duffless uh it showed that it, in that his birthday was may 12th mm. so that would fit with being a taurus just like me uh, oh wow but not may 12th not so, may 7th oh, yeah. you, you're close you're close to birthday twins i don't know homer. astrology so i don't know what that means <laughs> uh and uh and also i like that homer doesn't care that he's told he's gonna die but is excited that lenny might compliment him i like that homer kind of is into lenny and is, is waiting for lenny to throw something back at him lenny is becoming Every, a, everyone's into lenny yeah it's true <laughs> lenny has become like a breakout character in the past two seasons we're finding so many new angles of lenny yeah i i know later in this episode to have a funny joke with lenny they actually screw up their lenny carl combo for jokes later so they have to mm. uh it's uh but but in this one then it's just a series of jokes of homer almost killing himself a paper cut on his wrist like ugh, there's there's worse gross stuff in this episode but that's the one that gives me the the shivers then they have a joke about planet hollywood being torn down which i feel like is another of their like bashing the guys at planet hollywood for the people who run it tricked the simpsons into writing a spec script because they're like oh we'll definitely get you the big stars if you write a planet hollywood episode we'll get you arnold and bruce and <laughs> uh and in stallone and then they did it and then they're like no 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 we're not doing that. i think they also offered that to Duckman because Duckman had a thing with those guys in it but it wasn't them yeah that's right yeah so they're just shopping around this idea to every animated sitcom <laughs> In like 1995. Scam! Wow. Uh, and con. So yes, Homer's driving around. He almost gets crushed by a great animation on the car being crushed in half, and then mm. the pickaxe <laughs> smashing into his head uh, and his brain damage line that we that we heard at the start. That was great. And so now Homer then heads into the office, and that's where he he finally hears he almost hears what he wanted to from Lenny. Homer, if I may compliment you. Yes, go on. That is one handsome rattlesnake you got biting your arm there. Yeah, it's quite fetching, but uh, aren't you worried about the deadliness? Nah, he'll get tired of biting in an hour or so. Snakes. Nature's quitters. That horoscope was baloney. Nothing happened except for the pickaxe in my head, the rattlesnake bite, and the testicle thing. What's for dessert? No dessert until you eat your broccoli. Oh, fine. Ah! Yeah, 
And so Homer is killed by broccoli. Uh, this this again feels like more of these punishing Marge for if Marge asks Homer <laughs> to do a good thing, uh, the worst possible outcome happens. It, it almost feels like, uh, say, writers mad at their wives for telling them to exercise or eat vegetables. <laughs> and, uh, but also I like uh, the, the what you can imagine from the testicle thing. What What happened there? <laughs> But I, I also really like Dan's delivery on, like, uh, Letty complimenting you, like, yes. <laughs> I guess he choked to death on, well, from what Hibbert says, it seems that uh, broccoli is, like, literally poisonous. He tries guess. to warn people with its terrible taste. <laughs> uh, I think flavor, you know, I've I've gotten more into broccoli this year. I uh, I wasn't a big fan of it. I, I'm like Homer. I'm bad at eating my greens. But I, I learned that I wasn't, like, seasoning uh, broccoli mm. or putting any other flavors on top. You can do it. that with food? <laughs> I It's this revolutionary thing I've learned recently. And, uh, and of course, I love air frying them. That's the Henry <laughs> Air Fryer reference uh, for the episode. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So then, good gag of uh, them joking around Homer's corpse in front of the kids. I like that they're just the... the <laughs> it's easy when they're, they're stiff like this. And very sad. Uh, so I, I watched all the deleted scenes on this one. Uh, and the first one that they made a big cut on is Homer flying up to heaven he's almost hit by a plane then he tries to sneak past saint peter uh and he also says something like oh i never told marge how much i loved notting hill (laughs) then there's a joke that they kind of re-edit into the this but he pretends to be ned flanders and then saint peter's like no he's not supposed to die yet he dies next tuesday and then homer's like ah see what that clean living got you flanders that got cut and they turned it into the joke we do see he's like i beat you to heaven flanders so that was like the remnant of an of like half of a joke yes yeah i i honestly think all these they they made big cuts there's like a 90 seconds of cuts in here and i think it really was all just to make room for kang and kodos at the end but yes homer arrives in heaven saint peter Got to heaven before you, Flanders! (laughs) I wouldn't celebrate so soon, Mr. Simpson. I don't see a single good deed next to your name. Well, the thing about that is... (laughs) Homer, settle down. I'll give you a chance to get into heaven. You have 24 hours to go back and do one good deed. I'm sorry, I didn't get the number of hours or good deeds. <laughs> oh, homie, I still can't believe a piece of broccoli killed you. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I tried the broccoli again. You have 23 hours left. <laughs> Oh, I like the amount of time they waste by Homer's ghost dying. <laughs> yes, yeah. They, <laughs> uh, and then a ghost flies out of his ghost. That's that's a really pretty good. Visual. Pretty good. Uh, they they have a. I I do like on the commentary that Matt Selman kind of craps on that. I'm like, oh boy, a Saint Peter joke. Never seen that in a comedy before. Well, uh, he should be greeting. Uh, he should be greeting Ruth Bader Ginsburg and uh, Black Panther and Alex Trebek. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun if they all played Jeopardy in heaven together? I bet they don't oh, want to see God. their loved ones ones uh, i bet ruth bader ginsburg wants to be 90 in heaven yeah oh yeah she has to be the age she died at for sure we're talking yeah. about bad political cartoons by the way yes yeah oh they're all high-fiving john mccain oh yeah they're fist bumping yeah. oh my god <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> that's all i can think uh, of when i see saint peter's whenever a celebrity dies it is like you get yep. to just day drink as a political cartoon it's just like my my day is like half over <laughs> i already got my idea yeah. yep. 
you you would have figured that those great Gene Kelly, uh, the Kelly comics and Onion that did all of those for like the last eight years, you'd think that would have taught the actual <laughs> cartoonists to be like, all right, I won't do a heaven thing. I'm not I'm not going to do heaven stuff anymore. But nope, it's it's uh, worse than ever. I'd say. Oh yeah, so there's also another deleted scene right before Homer eats the broccoli. He gets mad that Bart is crying because Krusty got preempted, not because he's dead, and he tries to strangle Bart but can't. So it's it's all right joke there. So here's a big theory I have about this St. Peter thing. I think Homer was always going to fail with it, and this mm. is actually the first part of your damnation suffering is they trick you into thinking you get one more shot, and you are definitely going to fail and get sent to heaven anyway, thus making your suffering even worse. But yes, Homer comes back. He greets Marge. I love his ghost voice to her. <laughs> Dead wrong. That's so that's so great that he thinks he has to talk that way as a ghost. He's seen a lot of movies. And also, I like that the uh, as she suggests, like just do chores. He says that I'm not trying out for Jesus. Another good line. Uh, so then we come to I think my biggest gut laugh in the episode is him helping Agnes. I think. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she was supposed to be dropped onto the Boy Scouts flag and be impaled by it, but they thought that was a little too far. <laughs> yeah. There, <laughs> there are some violence gags they cut out that are deleted scenes in this. Yeah. Though, though that Agnes one is not that you don't see the impaling is not on the deleted scenes on the DVD, but God. He, you can totally see the scout. The lead scout has a flagpole with a big point on it. So. I think they must have animated it. Does every Tress McNeil voice character get murdered horribly <laughs> in this uh, episode? It really feels uh, like it. And that she has to find a new way to scream to her death uh, like four different times in here. But yeah, no, Agnes is, uh, let's hear Agnes's death. <laughs> okay, good deed, good deed. Hello? Hey, a chance for a good Hello? deed. No, oh, she's mine. Oh my hey. lord, what, 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 what's happening to me? People can see up my bustle! I'm pretty sure she was gonna be the next Hitler! <laughs> Hello? Good deed done! <laughs> oh god, her I mean her fall like <laughs> Homer picks her up so high, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're only crossing the street. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and that he thinks, he, and that he thinks he can get away with it. He says, like, I think she was going to be the next Hitler, so that was actually a good deed I did. Am I? Is this over? Uh, I mean, I think though the idea that she off screen just smashed into like two cars and probably killed somebody else like that's also a pretty violent death <laughs> this is a horrific episode yes i guess they pick agnes because it's like she is such a awful person in the show that maybe you don't feel too bad at this innocent woman being murdered by homer uh but god just the sound the sound of the squish like god uh uh, so next scene, Homer is drinking a squishy that's dropping through him as he <laughs> walks, which that's pretty great. Suppose, like, I think just paralyzing Edna and Frank. Yes, yeah. Also <laughs> They're just, they broke their necks on the, on the uh, pavement. <laughs> and I don't think that was a Marsha Wallace scream on Edna. I, no. I do think it's subbed in there. Uh, but uh, he then comes upon Nelson torturing Bart uh, with the taunt, your dad is dead, mine's just in jail. 
It's a really great joke that Homer thinks he can save him, and then he just gets noogies as well, and uh-huh. and Bart just awkwardly runs away. Like that's really posed really well. I love that they they say on the commentary they weren't sure if they wanted it to be that Bart could see his dad or not, so he just awkwardly walks away. <laughs> he was just saved from noogieing. Just don't yeah. question it. And what I mean, all he's seeing is Nelson doing that to air, right? Like Nelson though has like paranormal powers he can touch the undead (laughs) that's a different uh trios of horror segment uh so homer almost out of possible good deeds he could do uh he's sitting at the bottom of the stairs we then get a whole battleship potemkin thing you know what i was surprised that they didn't take it as far as they uh as they normally would uh because they didn't kill a baby you mean i mean in terms of the parody like it's barely that like it's not Uh, even like a shot for shot thing i was waiting for the iconic shot but i don't think they ever really get to it yeah i think uh they Mm. they just kind of speed through it it's more just like a setting uh, and it's like it's also the untouched scene though of course i didn't know any of these things when i first saw this scene parodied in naked gun <laughs> I, I think it was naked oh, gun right. 33 and a third if, uh, it was the opening gag in that which uh, was like 17 strollers kept falling down and it's all just in slow motion <laughs> i like that homer doesn't even do it through wanting to he's just like shut up baby <laughs> just grabs a stranger's baby yeah uh, and we get to see the mangled stroller burst into flames it's real this is a real things bursting into flames era of comedy uh, and so Homer thinks he saved the day, but uh, turns out St. Peter wasn't watching. Oh, it's a miracle. Thank heavens. Woo-hoo! Did you see that? I did the deed. Open up. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't looking. Hey, I thought you guys could see everything. No, you're thinking of Santa Claus. Well, I'll be damned. I'm afraid so, yes. Uh. Ah! I am Homer Simpson. Silence, sinner! Prepare for an eternity of horrible pain! Oh, no! Oh, be quiet. You'll wake up John Wayne. I'm already up. That's a great <laughs> that's a great joke to end the act on. Yeah. Uh I love it's a great impersonation of John Wayne too. I like that. Uh he's a character in his movies with his like old uh, kettle of coffee that he's been drinking. Just to infer that he's uh in hell is a fun subversive joke. Yeah. They sort of wink at it on the commentary, but the year this commentary was recorded, they did Treehouse 19, which has a bit about celebrities mad that they're in advertising and it's you see celebrity heaven john wayne is in celebrity heaven mm. there so they uh. <laughs> i uh, i prefer to think of john wayne in celebrity hell myself it was uh. either uh there was a funny joke on either family guy or american dad i think it was american dad where they inferred that jim henson is in hell oh man and it was like <laughs> he knows why he knows what he did they, they won't tell you why why he's in hell but he's uh-huh. just there though the devil design you know it's it's not yeah. ned but it's also not the one that they introduced in season two like it, it's this new yeah uh, kind of uh, weird generic buff devil guy yes. I, I think it's the devil from whatever that mascot was in the uh the 50 foot eyesores yeah yeah, uh, right. yeah segment i forget whatever he was the like devil ham or something like that That's but right. uh yeah. it's that guy yeah and i i checked too it's also basically that design on the devil's advocate machine that comes yeah. in 
so that's an insane clown poppy which airs two episodes after this one but it actually is produced before this one so i i wonder if they they pulled out the old one from the season eight treehouse and they used it in the design of devil's advocate and they're like you know what let's we got this devil why why are we making two devils also i mean the season two devil doesn't look like a normal character in season 12 no but i I love that design that warmy little devil (laughs) no i guess they do for the thread of this scene you need a big buff devil to to torture you not uh not a a, a dorky one who talks about like when the braves are going to win the world series (laughs) that was a a fun little one about homer being dead also there was they've done multiple ones where a character is dead and has to say do something to get back like there was the 2018 season finale was the one where bart's in a coma but he thinks he's dead and he's a ghost who has to do stuff mm. and that one ended with maud flanders's ghost oh, right. commanding that bart what? kill homer as revenge for bart uh for homer killing her which uh again it was all non-canonical though because it was a dream it was a coma dream by bart sure all right so still very weird uh so this next one is the fairy tales ones just a generic collection of fairy tales which uh i think is fun you know you can't yeah, yeah it's one, okay there's some good lines yeah just doing one of them wouldn't stretch enough over a full thing and so uh, but they also they got to start with like rocky and bullwinkle fractured fairy tales and then up the satire far beyond that which involves like uh child murder and and the like to really make it work here so yeah we start with the fun like wood carving image of a fairy tale book and bart watching the fire like it's a tv (laughs) i think one thing we get for the first time on these trios of horrors is that the the writer of the segment their name appears yeah which didn't happen before you used to get like just a shotgun blast of names up front you're right yeah normally it is especially when there you'd have like five writers because you'd have like two different writing combos it would just flash on screen the entire shot like the the start of treehouse four bright green dripping yeah. <laughs> font uh i think it's better since they're gonna do a title card for each segment anyway just get the writer's name underneath it yeah uh this is this is don Payne and john frank who will again yeah bob said we'll talk more about them in insane clown poppy which also was produced before this one so that's that's a legitimate order anyway yes. finally professor frank is writing on the show it's true he really <laughs> he really is the reason they name that character frank <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so Lisa has the fairy tale book in the world of fairy tales, basically a cheat code for the entire segment. And uh, I do think Bart saying he's gotten the plague and just got over it, that that hits different in 2020 (laughs) than it did in the year 2000. Homer comes in to announce uh, he's not so happy. He got fired from his oaf job. Who's up for a merry jig? Oh, who am I kidding? I'm not Mary. I lost my job as an oaf today. What? Oh, why are the oafs always the first to go? Maybe you could be a Dutch father. Really? Hey! What do you think? Do you love it? Oh! 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 Oh, I'm no dunce. I was born an oaf and I'll die an oaf. But husband, without your weekly pittance, how shall we feed our children? (laughs) Don't worry. No child will ever starve in my home. So long, kids. Enjoy your new home. (laughs) Say hi to your other brother and sister. Uh, Other brother and sister? (laughs) Face it, they're not great parents. (laughs) 
I love whenever we see Bart and Lisa skeletons and the skeleton also has their hair shapes. That's the hair, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, and also that like perfect clones of them were born before they were born, uh-huh. <laughs> which I love too. And uh, uh, Bill Oakley, a while ago on Twitter, he determined that oaf is the funniest like comedic insult word. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a great weird. sounding word. I mean, it's, ri- it's one syllable. It's got that F sound, which is funny. It's got like two vowels in a row. It hacks uh, a lot of funny sounds into one word. And it's a good like period at the end of an insult that you can go like, you yeah. stupid oaf. Like, oaf. Yeah, just cutting <laughs> off the air like the that. Oaf. Yeah, oaf. Uh, there's, uh, there's a deleted scene there. Marge says, why is it the oafs who, for, who are the first to go lisa corrects her and says it's oves yeah. uh oh. and uh but i at least according to wikipedia both are correct it can be oves or oafs oh. so because um, it's like loaf right i i guess loaf it follows the same rule in, I, uh, an old-timey joke so we're at the launch of the xbox series x on this podcast we're yes. recording as it launches uh, an old-timey joke on the internet was you call the plural of xbox is xboxin like ox and oxen i'm explaining uh, to you a joke from uh, the message boards of 2000 man, so. i missed out on that i yeah. like that xbox and i x-bone i yeah, miss so talking about jokes. the expo now yeah. it's like what do you say the set i guess you call it the sex is that what you call the it sex, now? sex bone yeah the, the xx <laughs> uh the homer they get away with i like that marge and homer get to be cruel awful parents in this one and it just about how uh you know you lived to be 30 back then and your children are just your you know slaves basically and you throw them out if you can't feed them i was also thinking like this is doing shrek better than shrek did uh like yeah. a year before shrek yeah, you're, oh, yeah. this is uh yeah shrek's may tw- 2001 we're so close to the 20th anniversary what if of a fairy tale was twisted <laughs> and made fun of michael eisner <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, this doesn't grind as many axes with other executives. Not to say there definitely some personal axes were, grind, were grinded in this segment, though, as we'd find out for the commentary. But uh, uh, so the kids start walking through the forest. They first come upon a troll under a bridge, and I really love Mo as a troll design. <laughs> oh, it's so great! And we get I'm so desperately lonely. That's that, yeah. that's become Mo's catchphrase yes. since uh, the uh, love matic grandpa. Uh, yeah, he gets both his catchphrases in here. Desperately wah? lonely and wah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's like, yeah, he has the giant troll doll hair. That's great, too. <laughs> Though I'm glad he has tr- clothes on and not, is, not, is not nude and genital free like uh, like the those troll dolls. Uh, and so then we get a riff on the three bears, which I swear is a joke I've, I've seen. There have been a million three bears parodies for like 200 years, but I don't think I've ever seen a joke about combining the hot and cold porridge to make them good. No, yeah. That was <laughs> innovating <laughs> in the bear space, I think. Yeah, it's really, cl- it's so clever. Like, oh yeah, it's hot and cold together, make warm. Just do that for your giant pile of porridge. As they're home, though, they realize that the bears are coming back too. <laughs> hmm. Bowls of porridge. Oh, this seems somehow familiar. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, whoa, too hot. <clears throat> oh, too cold. <clears throat> well, this doesn't take a genius. Mm. <gasps> We're in a three bears house. <laughs> That was close. I wonder where Goldilocks was. Oh, oh, 
That bed was just right. Oh, God. It's so grisly. A lot uh, of grisly screams in this one. Yeah. It's, uh, I, the, the impact is double listening, just hearing it instead of seeing it. But. You can just yeah. imagine the death blow. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that, I mean, the cruelty that Bart and Lisa trapped her in there, too, that she probably could have gotten <laughs> away. But. It also makes me think this is also a bit inspired by the movie Scream because Lisa knows the rules ah, of fairy tales. Ah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. She's, so she's the Jamie Kennedy of this then far less irritating <laughs> i i love the design of the bears and they come in like regular cartoon bears even singing the teddy bear picnic song uh but the second they see goldilocks they become basically the the scary bears that yell at maggie in the season one camping mm. episode Oh, yeah. Uh, According to the commentary, Scully didn't just like that it was just screaming on the door. He wanted blood to come out from under (laughs) it, too. So, uh, and God, the Tress, she screams when she's pretending to be a a little girl and an old lady. She screams different. Like, that's just... Tress McNeil, one of the greatest voice actors of her generation. Then the witch scream is different than the Agnes scream. Yeah, you're right. Wow, yeah. She does, like, five different shades of old lady. (laughs) That's her skill. Yeah, I mean... Agnes, witches, and mom from Futurama. Entirely different old lady voices. Oh, and then there's... Ni- I didn't even name a nice old lady, but she's also good at being a nice old lady, too. I guess that's both types of mom. Uh, nice fake mom on Futurama and mean mom in Futurama. Uh, but so, yeah, they abandoned Goldilocks to be killed. <laughs> we then cut to Homer, and uh, a real runner in production season 11 is hand-dusting-off jokes. <laughs> Uh, as we recall in the last treehouse when homer dumps ned's body he goes like that's the end of that chapter walks away dusting (laughs) his hands and uh and in last tap dance in springfield wiggum says oh that's the end of the that's the end of the giant rap he dusts off his hands they go say well wait are you sure what about getting the giant cats back in he's like i believe i did So, so we're out of the pennant phase into the hand dusting phase of runners. <laughs> I especially love how Homer puts it as like dumping your kids in the forest sure makes your hands dusty. <laughs> uh, but Marge finds out that uh, she's very disappointed, says we could have sold them, which I love that Marge gets to be bad. Yeah, like, yeah. it's great. And you Maggie, don't see it coming. And Maggie is currently for sale in the window. Yes. <laughs> Marge Marge has to be nice sometimes. Like one of my one of my favorite Scully era treehouses is when Marge is the witch. Like that she like Julie Kavner gets to cackle and triumphantly mm. like murder people. Like that's fun. What season is the uh vampire one where they think Mr. Burns is the uh oh, yeah. season five. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And season then Marge five. is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love uh, yeah, I ha- I do have a life outside of this house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah Ju- julie needs to get to have more i i think she really enjoys being evil too so and then another like truly disgusting joke of homer saying i know we can make some more kids <laughs> oh so so gross the kind of stuff they can only get away with in a treehouse. uh and so homer walks off into the woods he says i'm ever so sorry and uh he runs into rapunzel and then we get another horrifying <laughs> joke of Homer trying to climb up her hair, ripping her ha- uh, ripping her scalp off, which God. hits the ground with a squish. And then he just, oh. like, pushes it aside under a bush. Yeah. 
uh, and that's more screaming. I can't, I didn't want to play that one. Is that more Tress McNeil? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Here, let's let's hear it. I think it is more <laughs> Tress McNeil screaming. I pray yep. you climb up and rescue me. It's even worse when you're, yeah. It's worse hearing it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're all on the same page here. Good sound design on that squish hitting the ground of a of a. That's like a bowl of spaghetti hitting the ground. (laughs) Oh god, yeah. I uh, so there is a hidden deleted scene on the DVD from this scene as well, where after Homer walks away whistling, the actual knight from the fairy tale shows up. And he's like, Rapunzel, I'm here. And good Christ, oh, that's just wrong. I I would bet it got cut because it said good, good Christ. Good Christ, but, uh, probably. But also, it's like I don't know. That's a hat on a hat. You've already had the Homer cruelty. You don't. Uh, you don't. Yeah. You don't need that reaction. Slamming the door on that joke is a better way to go. Yeah. The kids then run into a witch, and you know what? She seems pretty trustable. They head inside, and that's why that's the one time Lisa does not read her book, which is pretty great too. Uh, they they then head in, and uh, things aren't going so well for them. <laughs> for your beating. Oh, this is horrible. Horribly delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, she's only fattening you up so she can eat you. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, at least stop basting yourself. Mm. Stop your chattering and sweep! Yeah. This house is filthy! So what do you care? It's not like you have friends. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, sure. What? I do! <laughs> oh, yeah? What's his name? Uh, George! Cauldron! George Cauldron? Maybe he can fix me up with Ed Ladle. <laughs> That's it! It's me up with you! Chugger Father, I know you'd rescue us! Rescue you, stuff myself with candy, it's all good. I don't like that I know George Cauldron is real now because that was an <laughs> yeah. amazing payoff later in yeah. this episode. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I have I have a link to the music video for Sugar Walls. Oh boy! By the one and only oh, Sheena Easton. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me pull it up here. <laughs> Which Sonic level is this? <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Sonic has passed Sugar Wall Zone, Act 2. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, and you're telling me that's a euphemism of some kind when she Could says be. my sugar walls? I, I don't see it. Well, I also like that the, the next video that YouTube suggests when I go to that is Raspberry Beret, which, mm. well, yeah, so they get away, like, they really got away with something there using sugar walls to, I guess, technically they are walls made out of sugar, mm-hmm. so Homer, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so that George Cauldron bit, I I love that Lisa these are kind of jokes Lisa never gets to do either of like mocking somebody yeah like, I, I like her little them. I like her little sure yeah <laughs> uh though uh the George Cauldron is also a Brady Bunch joke because no way yeah in uh in a season four episode Jan lies that she has a boyfriend they're like you don't have a date she's like yeah his name's George George 
glass because she sees a glass. So it's uh, it's fully a Brady Bunch joke Damn. as well. Okay. Huh. And uh, there's also another great joke on the commentary of grading, seeing Bart eating. Uh, he says like, oh, that's the writer's room. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> uh, the writers are famous for... Uh, yeah. Jeff Martin actually just had a great quote recently saying like he remembers being in the writer's room as sitting all day and watching your friends get uh, progressively older and fatter. <laughs> I, I also like that the Homer eats a load-bearing candy cane. I like any time a Simpsons joke can joke about a load-bearing anything. I enjoy that. Load-bearing candy cane, load-bearing poster. Yeah. These are the classic load-bearing jokes. <laughs> uh, I didn't know things could bear loads mm-hmm. in, uh, in a construction way. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, there's a deleted scene where when Homer busts through the wall, he gets called an oaf by the witch and he goes like, Oh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not there. I'm not a clumsy oaf just yet, but thanks for the compliments. <laughs> uh, it also feels very the year 2000 to hear Homer say it's all good. Oh uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> People don't say that anymore because I mean, nothing is good, but yeah, uh, <laughs> slang has evolved. Yeah. Should we try to bring it back? It's all good. Let's wait for things to be good. At least partially good. Well, that's never going (laughs) to happen, Bob. Come on. Uh, I'll say it ironically when things aren't good. I like the the creature that Homer gets turned into progressively mm-hmm. by the witch when she's casting spells at him. And he gets turned into something that kind of reminds me of like Mr. Sparkle because he has a fish for a head and he's like half chicken and brooms for arms. Uh, yeah, I think, pretty good. I think yeah. he even speaks like fake Japanese when he gets turned into fish head. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I That had to be, I think, at least on the artist side, an intentional re- uh, reference to the half of Mr. Sparkle that's like a fish. The Matsumura fish works or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and and I think he got donkey ears because that's Pinocchio. I think. Yeah. That's, oh uh, yeah. It's a real yeah. like duck amuck style creation. It's great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh man, and the animators, Matt Nastic and his team, the animation on his chicken strut, like they have to invent. Oh, great. They invent this entirely new character for Homer, and then he has to like have broom arms that still have to move <laughs> like chicken wings as he struts around. <laughs> Uh, and the and the brooms are like Fantasia, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Homer's having a final battle with her. He gets his head stuck in the oven, and he is uh, he loves the smell of his own cooking flesh. That's a classic, like uh, Bugs Bunny's in a pot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a good variation on it this like, time. Yeah, what smells so good, Doc? <laughs> uh, in that one, it's like that works on a certain level because it's like oh the the bath is heating up and then but in this case it's like your head is shoved in an oven and you forget that you are your head wasn't is on it fire. wait is there isn't there another halloween episode where homer's get head gets turned into a donut and then he's like eating his own head mm-hmm. yes that was the other time he went to hell in in the yes. treehouse four yeah so you're right not only is it a homer likes this taste of his own head but also a homer goes to hell once but so. he's, he's not picking like fish flesh off of his head and eating it that would be a little too much even for this episode uh it'd be hard to animate that too with his broom arms though picking off pieces of oh true yeah but we have a different self-eating joke that comes after that but uh but yes if you guys aren't uh had your fill yet of hearing tress mcneil scream in pain this is the the cherry on top i think the best one in the episode the fourth time so far (laughs) yes okay i you know i don't think she does it in the third act so i think this is the the last one we're gonna hear just a minute (laughs) oh god no let me out i couldn't be in more pain Uh. 
George Cauldron. Is <laughs> Suzanne ready yet? Almost. Just give her another 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but the concert's at 8. <laughs> well, we're still poor, but thanks to your father, we'll never go hungry. Speaking of which, how about seconds? Coming up. You know what? I would have ended the act in this uh, segment with, but the concert's at eight. Yeah, that's a, that's a stronger last laugh, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I guess it's like a little, because like you think like, oh, they're just going to eat the candy house forever. Mm-hmm. But then like, no, Homer's still have chicken. I, I guess, guess I guess they like the shitting out the Homer. Yeah. I mean, they just Dan, really loved it. Yeah. I mean, Dan does a good job of making... Um, pushing sounds yeah. with homer and his birth of his eggs but, but like they uh, they ended act one with like an out of nowhere john wayne jug i like this out of nowhere payoff to george calderon yeah. and like he's a regular guy and the witch's name is suzanne he reminds me of like a huge ass character where the fake name yeah. is real yeah. and he's just a regular cool guy and i want to <laughs> hang out with george calderon you know george is going to blame himself if he ever finds out that ringing the doorbell distracted suzanne and, oh, no. and defeated her uh <laughs> And Suzanne is named after Don Payne's real life sister, so he well, cool. he, he enjoyed doing that. I should say the late Don Payne, and no longer with us, sadly. But but yeah, the the reveal of George Cauldron, I especially I really do love his just very realistic put uponness. Like the concerts at eight, we're gonna miss the concert. <laughs> Uh, where what is a concert in this fable time? So mm. too, I, I I guess like Some a, sorts of lutes and lyres, oh, like a bard, yeah, a bard, just sort of vibing. Oh, yeah, just flipping out on the lute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but uh, at least the the wood carving image of Homer pooping out an egg is at least it's a funny drawing. But the bigger laugh was the concerts at eight. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so. Then we come to the third segment, which I have extra notes on deleted things in this because there's a lot. They did picture in picture animatic as well oh, okay. on the uh, on the commentary. So there's even stuff that got cut. The a couple things that got cut or added from storyboard uh, that I will remark upon when it comes. But uh, so now we're on to Night of the Dolphin. The title at least is a parody of Day of the Dolphin, right? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, it's a par- It's a Michael Mike Nichols, Buck Henry, George C. Scott film about. Training dolphins to do assassinations, and apparently it's not a comedy. <laughs> Though, well, it has to. If Buck Henry and Mike Nichols doing something, it has to be a comedy, right? But the wiki says not a comedy. He just sci-fi. This oh. I, I love the poster for this movie because the tagline sticks on my head. It's a picture of like George C. Scott in scuba gear, and the tagline is unwittingly he trained a dolphin to kill the president of the United States. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> well, in the 70s, that's, you know, that was like when John C. Lilly was doing all that weird stuff with dolphins and trying to talk to them. Mm-hmm. So dolphins uh, were, were in the zeitgeist. Yeah, you're uh, right. When they flooded that house and that lady lived with that dolphin and allegedly right. did stuff with that dolphin. Oh, my dear. So uh, you could train a dolphin to kill this by was, accident. This is the end of dolphin jokes, I feel like. Sequest was like five years before this. and uh, Yeah. It was also like late '90s, like uh, sneering at environmentalism. Like, are, what if dolphins were bad and we should kill them? Those sort uh, wait, of. Wait, sorry. Paul Sorvino is in the Day of the Dolphin. Oh wow, that, that had to be early in his career, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 1973. Three. Wow. Paul Sorvino was born in what the? Okay, yeah, no, he's in his twenties or. or how how handsome is a young Paul Sorvino? I wonder. 
<laughs> or, I wonder. Bob, I think you're right that this comes from the same place as most Lisa episodes in this era, which is to punish Lisa <laughs> for believing in something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's in this case, it's like, oh, you wanted to save the dolphins? Well, actually, they're the attackers. And now that justifies us killing dolphins for a bunch of time on this episode. Uh, and just also, it's about making Lisa say, I'm sorry for caring. I guess that's <laughs> also what it's about. Yeah. The episode begins in Marine World, a, I guess, a meeting of Marine Land and Sea World. Uh, though I love, I love the subtitle of it, No Longer Educational. Like that. That's great. And uh, we see Snorky riding around in his hula scoot skirt and lay. And uh, you got to give it to Frank Welker in this one. He, he oh, has man. to play so many dolphins. Uh, every dolphin, there's a couple of times where it's just they use the regular dolphin squeak sound that we hear in every cartoon. But a lot of the times it's just Frank Welker making the noise that you're like, Why? wait, this is like Frank Welker, like Megatron Frank Welker. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. What? He's he's a master of animal noises. Like famous animals he's played are like a boo on Aladdin, like any kind of monkey or cat or dog. Like wow. yeah. if there is a Santa's little helper uh, focused oh, yeah. episode. He was, he was curious, George. He was Nibbler. Mm -hmm. yeah, Nibbler too. Yeah. Wow. Even the speaking voice of Nibbler. Yeah. In, in a normal episode, if Santa's little helper is going to bark like twice, then they just tell Dan Castellaneta. Or say Chewy. Yeah. That's yeah. A good <laughs> but, but otherwise, if there's going to be a lot of barking you get frank welker yeah frank welker megatron and transformers freddie jones and scooby-doo slimer S slimer yeah Sli slimer comes from the same place as uh sounds uh, <laughs> i've said it before he's in his 70s you know we're gonna when he re let's just say retires uh, it's going to be a tough time for voice acting because they're going to have to hire like 17 people to do all the <laughs> animal noises he makes. Well, uh, Peter Cullen, who was Optimus Prime, played uh, a horse, not a talking horse, just like a regular horse in uh, the cartoon show adaptation of a... Uh, what is it called? Dragon's Quest? No, that F FMV laser Oh, Dragon's game? Lair. Dragon's Lair, Lair, yeah. Dragon's Lair, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was a horse. I bet Welker... He was a horse called Bertram, yeah. <laughs> I can assure you that Welker and Cullen are probably auditioning for that same role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he outhorsed me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we you you brought it up on the, the last horse episode of Simpsons, but like, Welker was busy, and so Jim Cummings did the, the right. horse Duncan in that Oh. God, so there are like three existing horse guys you can bring <laughs> in. <laughs> horse guys yeah <laughs> uh, all in their 70s now i think or or, or pushing yeah. it yeah so snorky is performing and everybody rushes into the water to d destroy snorky and torture him uh and i will say there is a disgusting deleted scene oh, here i miss this scene um they all and when everyone's rushing into there wiggum rushes in too with ralph and pushes past everybody and Ralph puts his finger in the blowhole of Snorky, and the joke is that it's gross, and that Wiggum's like, we're gonna go wash this hand. And I was like, I don't like to see Ralph put his finger in a blowhole. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of disturbing and awful. I'm, gl I'm glad yeah. that they cut that. So, but uh, if you if you have your season 12 DVD, break it out, and you can give it a watch. Let's see many blowholes get a fingered. Ugh. Oh, God. It just <laughs> sounds bad. Uh, and, uh, and I also like the joke, too, that the Marine World calls everybody away to their lobster tank because they they kill lobsters every day and feed them to you they're warming up the lobster tank so you can pet them before you eat them uh but then lisa gets a moment alone with snorky and decides it's time to help 
up the lobster tank, so hurry on over if you want to pet them before you eat them. It's okay, they're gone now. You could... Hey, where are you going? want to be with your friends and uh lisa decides to let it go i i love when the guards show up they're like it's getting away kill, kill it, it. <laughs> yeah now if i was in the comedy police i would pull these guys over and i would say do you know how old this reference is sir do yeah, you realize how old this yeah, reference is yep, yeah. because the simpsons already did it and it was better seven years earlier they did yeah. it yeah and he crushed our boy <laughs> yeah yeah the free willy came out in 1993 yeah it's so old it's it's yeah. I, it's yeah like and it did not have the the like cultural staying power no like way. recently we right. did a we did a south park episode for what a cartoon our other podcast in which they did a lion king parody uh, six years after the movie came out, but it was a good enough parody of an iconic enough scene that it worked. I don't mm. think this stayed in the cultural memory uh, memory nearly as long. I don't want to blame Al Jean on every bad movie <laughs> reference, but I do feel like this is his like. Well, also because Critic did a Free Willy joke like the same year simpsons did and it was the same joke it was the right. which is like the joke you would make is oh it didn't clear the child and hits it at least in this case there's at least really good animation on the slow-mo of lisa being smacked in the face with a wet dolphin tail but uh uh it's yeah I, at, at the very least on the commentary scully recognizes yeah we did it in season five we know all right forget it i had a cracked magazine and the cover was feed willie and instead of crushing the boy he eats the boy oh, I like ah. that. good no, joke that's good that's good you get you get a title pun as well the the dolphin gets away i love that they have just a, an incredibly long subtitled dolphin conversation <laughs> that includes lines like they made me do tricks like a common seal and then <laughs> and then they even subtitle inaudible whispers uh, i i yeah. love that gag uh but they have decided it's time to turn on the world and starting with Lenny in a scene reminiscent of the first scene in Jaws. Mm, alcohol and night swimming. <laughs> it's a winning combination. Oh, sharks, the assassins of the sea. <laughs> Ooh, hey, you're not sharks, you're dolphins, the clowns of the sea. <laughs> Ow! Ow! Hey, what's the gag? <laughs> ah, ah, ah! God, just a look uh, into Lenny's life. He just he goes out alone at night to drink from a flask while swimming. <laughs> I gotta say, like, a winning combination is one of those lines that I just find myself using all the time and totally forgot that it came from this episode. <laughs> uh, it's it's a winning combination is a great way to present anything. It's like, it's a winning mm -hmm. combination. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. either that or a duet of pleasures, as Martin would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I also love the idea of, like, you just surfaced from the water like you're still kind of wet and that you have a, a, a you then drink liquor as you're doing it uh -huh. it's just, uh, and I and uh, I don't mean it in a sexual way but I do like to imagine Lenny is naked during it's oh, like yeah. he's skinny dipping too like uh -huh. just for extra fun 
Uh, I guess also that's because the girl in the opening of Jaws is skinny dipping when she's eaten. So maybe that's why I imagine a, a Lenny naked. Uh, but, we all imagine Lenny naked. There's no yeah, shame I mean, in it. Could, I would love to see a nude Lenny <laughs> if we could generate uh, that. But it has to be drawn by somebody who worked on the mm. show. It can't just be all these fake nude. Sorry. I, I like- never see I never see a nude Lenny. You, you know, in the 90s and 2000s, I feel like, I don't know if it's still the case, but like, You'd always get these ads on websites, you know, mm. websites yes. that were like, see Simpsons porn. And it was like, who is obsessed with this? Who is who is the market for this? There's never a, a nude Lenny. There's never like a Lenny Carl kind of. I, I uh, bet I bet if we Googled for nude Lenny, he'd be huge. And the other female Simpsons characters Lenny. would be crawling on him. And Marge would be running at his privates <laughs> with a ladder. <laughs> see, I did just Google nude Lenny. And you do just get a lot of uh, real life women. But then also Lenny Kravis. Uh, Lenny oh yeah, I figured. Up. Yeah, because well, uh, his penis exploded out of his pants one time <laughs> on stage. So. Nude Lenny Simpsons. Does that do anything? You get a screen cap of Homer imagining Lenny in the shower. Mm. Okay, all right. I see. That's legitimate. I I was worried. I don't like ironic drawings of Lenny and Carl having sex. I want it. No. With, I want it with sexual intent. I <laughs> want it with eroticism. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but here's here's the danger of doing a great joke with Lenny being murdered. That later in the episode, when they need Lenny in a scene for a Lenny and Carl mm. scene, they have to sub in Mo in those moments because they kill Lenny here. And that doesn't like Krusty slap Carl. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a couple things like they ruin their ability to do Lenny yeah. and Carl jokes later by killing Lenny it, here. It should be Lenny clapping for the dolphin uh, takeover, not Carl. Carl's yeah. usually the one that has the upper hand on Lenny. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes Carl too stupid. I I, I don't like that. But uh, but that's a sacrifice. I I mean, uh, but you have to ask yourself, is this funnier with a different character than Lenny? I think it's funniest seeing Lenny die in this way, like bludgeoned by bottled noses. Uh, like, I mean, would it be funnier with Mo? Eh, I don't know. Or Apu? I, I think it's funny. I think it's funniest with Lenny. And uh, so it's the next morning in another in a scene out of Jaws. He closes. Uh, <laughs> Wiggum thinks it is Rowdy Teens that did it and he shuts down the prom. And, uh, and then there's a great gag of the sea captain thinking he's the only one who can save the day and he is instantly ripped in half, half by yeah. him i love that like it's so quick but like that makes sense the uh, two dolphins do the dolphin jump and they're going in opposite directions oh if we're as long as though we're referencing simpsons jokes that feels like they already did it before uh remember in season five and boy scouts in the hood where they're just like dolphins they're here to save us oh right and they laugh and say you're all going to die kind of the same vein as this yeah. the dolphins didn't like assist in their death though yeah or, or try to eat them they, they just laugh at it and, uh, and so uh here's one b- thing that changed in the storyboard there was not a joke that uh they imitated sea captain that came in post animatic so it's a cute joke it's really great like i'm the sea captain r r <laughs> Uh, but the dolphin rampage is only beginning and uh i play this one too because you can actually tell frank welker as a dolphin is saying do you want fries with that in this bit here two crusty shakes a donut burger with cheese and a party-sized bucket of flan (laughs) yes i will have fries with that Anything to get out of work. Huh. Our top story, killer dolphins. Killer dolphins? The recent wave of murders. 
did I say killer dolphins? I meant killer Italians. <laughs> Gray, bottle-nosed, intelligent Italians. Intelligent Italians? Something's wrong. <laughs> we have to stop them. If we speak in low-frequency voices, I don't think they can... Uh, that intelligent Italian line is funny. Something's is, wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, but the uh, now see it is an extra joke that Homer doesn't realize it's a dolphin talking to him because it's a joke that the intercoms sound all squeaky uh, at drive-throughs. Okay. I, I think that's the extra no, joke. No, you're right. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was funny that like the teen's head drops us to his lap yeah. and Homer <laughs> thinks he's faking sickness or something. Yeah, yeah. I uh, That also was added post-animatic to the anything to get out of work, not in the... The, the severed head is in there, but uh, man, I could go for a party-sized bucket of flan, huh? Donut mm. burger. <laughs> that one Oof. is real. Like, that is the, real. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the I forgot to mention too, the, the great animation on the march of the dolphins onto land like they and scully reveals that they may have broken union rules yeah. by him and the sound mix team they did the dolphin marching sounds of like rrr, 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 and uh like the day before airing so that's uh and then a good little gag on the volleyball net too i like that they then another bit that doesn't make sense to me though uh is right after that that bart's the one who says they should call abe i feel like it should be lisa saying that like bart shouldn't care that much mm -hmm. i don't know but uh though i do like that homer thinks it's good that the phone is off the hook <laughs> and, everything must be okay yeah <laughs> and uh in a great drawing of abe being eaten very slowly more like a snake would eat something instead of yeah. a dolphin would and uh, in, in the uh, there's a deleted scene in which he appears again, yes, in which he is yeah. rescued from this fate during the big fight uh, at the end. They cut a lot of cool action. I think they mostly cut like violence towards dolphins. Yes. Yeah. And the the great horrible violence joke they cut was Mo fills the blowhole with gasoline, lights it on fire and it explodes. And after exploding <laughs> Abe's body living is there. It's fully intact, bigger than the dolphin ever was. <laughs> and then he starts doing like basically Matrix Kung Fu fighting <laughs> in, in the middle of it. It's uh, that's the closest to a Matrix reference you got in this one. Wow. That, uh, wow. I guess the only other Matrix reference I can recall on Simpsons in season twelve is the in sync jump with the camera All right. turn. Oh, and close yeah. with the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, in this one, uh, Abe is just eaten and he's gonna do uh, some liver punching on his way down. Uh, and it's time for action by our political leaders in this dangerous time. People, please. We're all frightened and horny, but we can't let <laughs> some killer dolphins keep us from living and scoring. <gasps> Willie, must you do that now? Ugh, you want streaks? Because if you interrupt me, that's what you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> and that's supposed to be like a, a reference to Jaws when the meetings are interrupted by yeah. Quint putting his hands on the blackboard. Oh, totally. Okay. Totally. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and great animation of it just smashing through him. Just uh, impaling. Everyone's just impaling Willie. Yeah, really violent. <laughs> Everyone's made out of like meringue, like Mr. Burns in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't remember remember that we're all frightened and horny came yeah. from this episode because I feel like that's a line that I've seen going around a lot in the past. Uh, 
you know, six to eight months or so. Yeah, that it is a great line for these times, isn't it? I, you know, uh, I mentioned of Burns uh, that I did earlier. I made me think like he's not in this episode. Like, yeah, they weren't as into yeah. Burns, uh, Mike Skelly's gang. He's like in the front row, but that's kind of it. Like he's just among everybody else who's there. It feels yeah. weird to miss. Uh, I mean, Burns being pure evil just to miss a chance to do anything with him in a Halloween episode feels odd to me. Yeah. Also, there's a moment that I was like, oh, yeah, this is the logic that they kick away the guns instantly. And that's when it hit me like, well, yeah, wait, I these even a whole bunch of dolphins, if they can't carry weapons that I think we've got them, you know, <laughs> then another just amazing animation like these these animators have to draw. OK, realistic <laughs> dolphin movements in water, then what does a realistic army of dolphins marching on their tail look like? And, oh my God, the way Snorky slides in and wiggles around to right himself standing up, like, holy crap, that's good. And then immediately afterwards, all of the uh, the birds parody shots they have to do. Oh God. These... Drawing hundreds of dolphins. Again, Matt Nastig and his team, so, so good. But, uh, but yes, it is time for Snorky to speak. He's approaching the podium. Surely it cannot speak. <laughs> Snorky, talk, man. <clears throat> I'm sorry, let me start over. Eons ago, dolphins lived on the land. <gasps> what did he say? He said dolphins used to live on the land. What? <laughs> then your ancestors drove us into the sea where we've suffered for millions of years. But you seem so happy in the ocean. All that playful leaping. We were trying to get out. It's cold, it's wet. Every morning I wake up phlegmy. Plus all that sewage we keep dumping. <gasps> that was you? It was her, all right. Take the one who wronged you. I, King Snorky, hereby banish all humans to the sea. <gasps> ah. Yeah, again, Carl. Carl shouldn't be cheering that. That's a Lenny move. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just having Harry Shearer's normal speaking voice coming out of Snorky is pretty cool. <laughs> I I love that Bart and Mel set him up perfectly. Like he's approaching the podium. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it feels so specific the way he goes, Snorky, talk, man. But I, I couldn't find what exactly it's from. It definitely feels like a Twilight Zone mm. where they go like, this animal can't speak, and then it starts to speak in a, a weird voice. I, I think Bart mm. says he's approaching the podium because they realize like we haven't had any uh, of our main characters talk in a while, <laughs> so let's just give someone a lot like a useless yeah. line. Uh, though he's approaching the podium is more of a Mel line, which makes it even better that then Sideshow Mel says an even bigger uh, setup mm -hmm. for it. Like, and yeah, the, the idea that like, oh, dolphins hated living on land or hated living in the water and they're going to cut, they're going to get it. Uh, comeback uh is it's an interesting turn here uh it also feels weird to see crusty like slap in the back of carl's head it's like when, when is there interaction between carl and crusty yeah ever? <laughs> yeah maybe like uh, carl found a friend in crusty after lenny died but he's, got, he's gotten a little too clingy with uh, uh, crusty so crusty's sick of him i like that yeah, yeah. i mean carl probably has been lost the last couple days without lenny in his life mm. poor guy <laughs> Uh, and it also feels like the third treehouse in a row where Homer offers up Lisa to be killed. Like, <laughs> he, he, he definitely did it in the witch one where he's like, yes, it's her. She's a witch. 
and as they are told to leave, Homer brag tries to get everybody excited again. He brags about humanity creating things like the pudding cup and the glory hole, which, wow. Shocking <laughs> to hear the words yeah. glory hole uh, on yeah. Fox. I, I have a feeling censors didn't know what that meant in the year 2000. I, I think you're right. Otherwise, that would not fly. And uh, But yeah, Homer, and also the idea that Homer takes pride in the glory hole existing. They like that it's great. Mm. Uh, and Homer walks out and they are introduced to an entire birds parody. Also the second time that parody has happened in the Simpsons. They, they did All right, it. Uh, babies. Yeah. The baby version of it at the streetcar episode. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I loved hearing Scully's reasoning for it and it totally makes sense to me as a kid too, which is like, you see the end of birds with all these birds, like in this giant threat, like, Oh, we have to walk slowly past all these birds. But, spoilers for the movie the birds they then just leave and nothing happens to them it's it's a big threat but then the birds don't attack scully wanted to finally see <laughs> the all-out war that would follow the you're surrounded by the animal scene but the poor animators that had to be like so you got to top <laughs> the film of birds on a daily on a weekly schedule i think my favorite drawing is the is the dolphin flipping the coin next to like an old tiny hot rod <laughs> that was great uh but yes the the final battle begins oh no you poor thing here ow son of a hey leave my daughter alone Come on, humans! We've wiped out entire species before! We can do it again! If I could just... Ooh. This is really not... Ooh. You're hurting my... <laughs> they they are sent out to sea instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we said earlier, all the violence towards dolphins was cut, like uh, the one exploding. There's also a scene of like Hibbert fighting them with hypodermic needles. Yeah, it's like four on one, and he's stabbing them with needles the whole time. It uh, I I wonder too if that like that's too imitatable an act. Don't show kids stabbing things with needles. <laughs> Uh, and and also comic book guy in the deleted scene he says like worst beating ever when he dies which uh you know that's not that funny it's uh, better better to hear his neck snap in the door <laughs> uh which his murder is like out of raging bull oh yeah. you're right yeah ah. also i swear it sounds like they cut i can't believe i would have figured they'd have had lisa say bitch like saying son of a bitch but they they cut it off like through editing you son of a i i feel like uh they were like no lisa can't say that word lisa it's, was brought pretty low you know in the past five years i've seen the return of those six-pack rings and i thought like i thought captain planet wrote a law or something yeah. <laughs> this is oh. captain bob saying you cut those up people you yeah. cut them up before you throw them out i thought you had like the cardboard sleeves now just replaced them like that that kept the six together also a big change in the storyboard was uh, bart saves homer by using a slingshot to plug up a blowhole and kill the dolphin in both storyboard and animatic Bart pulls out like a BB gun or a cork gun. Hmm. Like it's very specifically showed Bart holding a gun and then shooting it. 
which um, I could see the censors having a note about Bart shouldn't hold guns, but also it's just a much more natural fit for him to use a slingshot, you know? Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, I, I did also like that as the dolphin Apu fight started, he throws dirt in Apu's eye. Like he's fighting dirty, this dolphin. <laughs> Uh, and, and how long they make you watch Apu get slapped in the face is, is very Just strange. getting bruised and bloody, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I really f- think the animators really meant the occasion of being told, have a crowd of hundreds huh. of dolphins and humans run at each other. Like, they they did above and beyond on that. Uh, but, yes, it's a... Uh, there's going to be some adjusting for the uh, characters in this final clip. You gotta hand it to those dolphins. They just wanted it more. I kinda wish I hadn't freed their leader and, you know, doomed mankind. Oh, honey, I wouldn't say doomed. It's gonna be an adjustment, no question. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it, Kodos? They left us out of the Halloween show. Are you sure the space phone is working? Hang up. They could be trying to call right now. I knew we should have sent them a muffin basket. (gasps) Kang and Kodos Productions. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Just a second. Do we want to do a commercial for something called Old Navy? Hmm? Work is work. Uh Good tentacle foley on the uh, King oh, yeah, Kodos there. Yeah. <laughs> Again, nothing says 2000 like an old Navy commercials joke. Those commercials were hot. <laughs> they were, yeah. And uh, when I was like yeah. poor and in college, like $8 for jeans yeah, that yeah. last for two months. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, there's uh, another, the last of the big changes from the animatic was when it shows them in the water, everyone's in the water. They aren't sitting on the uh, the couch like mm. the opening mm. gag. I, I think it's much better than posed on the couch. But I love Marge's disgusted kicking away of Krusty, and also his grease paint is, is <laughs> flowing in the water. Though, of course, as we all know, that's not makeup, so that's actually let's say that's his skin falling off. We're, we're tiptoeing towards uh, undoing that, Lauren. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, I I also did. It is the hard cut to them having lost is a is a really good gag, and that they yeah. even threw the jebediah statue in the water which is pretty right yeah but uh yeah i i really did i think that is actually true what happened i think they did forget to write king and kodos in it and then did a late retake (laughs) like i like not that that's you know easy to do and animate late but it's a simple enough like single shot that they've reused many times they don't even have to like design a new background or posing on the character and i I think they reuse footage of their ufo from like earlier scenes or earlier episodes it looks a bit different and also the uh the muffin baskets coming back into the simpsons just like the the gersh agency muffin (laughs) baskets or the chub group the chub yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but uh and i also i do like any joke about two losers in hollywood answering the phone and calling their company productions like uh-huh. productions uh also uh, speaking of insidery comedy jokes i had a good little laugh at al jean calling himself alimony jean alimony oh Jean. he's yeah. paying that yeah every <laughs> alimony joke in the critic is because al jean was divorced yep, yep. Uh, mike reese still with the same wife decades later it's uh I, al jean is happily married yes now too. 
Um, so Stephanie Gillis, a Simpsons that, writer. That's right. Yeah, I I guess the last note I'll make historically on this is that in the Simpsons video game of 2009, there's a whole section that's just like a mashup of concepts from uh, other tree houses that you then play in video game form. But I, as I recall, the biggest one was fighting all the dolphins. Yeah. Like, and, and Matt Selman, who wrote, co-wrote the video game, I believe he came up with it because he loved this segment so much. He didn't even write it. This is Carolyn Omine one, but he was like, man, it's, this is just so funny. And it really fits for a video game to fight a, a t- I mean, perfect for a video game in that you were <laughs> uh-huh. fighting an army of similar looking enemies. One enemy. Yeah. yeah one enemy. Yeah. Uh, I should every time I go back to that game I'm like the animation's great this is a boring ass EA game it's It's so boring it's not bad it's just incredibly dull just just play the arcade game oh sure yeah which got delisted like bring bring those both back like the yeah I mean, I can't believe Simpson still works with EA on that tapped out game. Like, just oh, put yeah. out, just put out Simpsons game remastered. Just do mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah. And and but consoles are not where Simpsons games are anymore. It's uh, it's on the money factory of the phone. I think like thirty re release hit and run. That yeah. too. Yeah. I yeah. think like thirty eight minutes of tapped out, uh, you know, money can pay for a remake of anything. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. And we're we're in that era now. They remade that SpongeBob game. They remade Spyros. We're we're well into the era of remaking, you know, PS2, GameCube, Xbox games. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which uh certainly makes me feel old seeing uh, the nostalgia uh-huh. for the Battle of Bikini Bottom. I'm like, "No, you're 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 supposed to be children still if you have nostalgia for that. I'm not old." Well, I believe Hit and Run is now 18 years old, so Yeah. Oh, look good. out. Good lord, man. But uh but yeah, this ep- yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode was uh, it was a really good trios. I do I think I might have liked the previous years more, but the 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 combo of the three is really great. And the animation again, just like fantastic the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I think season twelve is getting off to a great start. There's a few uh, rough episodes, but I feel like it's much yeah. better than eleven on the whole. Not just because it doesn't have the mod Flanders episode. I think it is an improvement for or sure. Or the spring break episode that too. too. Yeah, even uh, is that the one with Kid Rock? Oh, yep. Yep. We, yeah, it's uh, in the late Josie. We we had a lot of fun talking about that one. But Marin, any final thoughts yourself? Yeah, I know. This was a fun one. Definitely one of the Treehouse episodes that I saw when it aired. Uh, the Treehouse episodes always used to really scare me as a mm. kid. I was like a very anxious child. So like a lot of television would just freak me out. I mm. couldn't separate, you know, fantasy from reality. The Treehouse episodes like King Kodos. The episode with um, the haunted house that has portals into like a hell dimension, mm. <laughs> all that stuff used to scare the hell out of me. So it was cool to to go back now that I am, and not that any of them are particularly scary, but I'm really into horror now. So uh, uh, it's cool to go back and see uh, some of the references. Yeah, it was a fun one. You know, you got a Sheena Easton reference, mm. you got Marge <laughs> being mean, you got a lot of good screams. And the first and only reference to glory holes on the entire series, yeah. I think. <laughs> they never return to the glory hole hole. Uh. Well, they, you can't. Yeah, they don't let you do that no more uh are you, are you looking forward to next year on treehouse they're going to be doing a parasite parody so it's, oh my uh, god you know what i just thought not to talk about glory holes forever on this yes, podcast yeah. but so i was just thinking uh if you are a disney plus subscriber you can pay to have uh to hear homer simpson say glory holes and that is what uh, america is all about
out. It's the, it's the dirt after they cut splash. Now that's the dirtiest thing on there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but Mara, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, where, where can folks find you and all your cool stuff? Yeah. I work for a website called Fanbyte. We are a video games and culture site. And now that we've got all these new consoles coming out, they've they've got a new Nintendo, they've got a new Sega (laughs) being told they've got a new 3DO. So that's very exciting. We've got all kinds of guides and features and, uh, fun stuff at fanbyte.com we also do a lot of podcasts we do shows about games but we also do shows about movies we do uh like sports stuff we do pro, all kinds pro of things. wrestling so, i know i'm a pro I'm a wrestling now, yeah. yeah we cover all kinds of stuff we're not just a games website so if you go to podcastnet.work that'll take you to our podcast stuff or just go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts uh you can follow us on twitter at fanbyte media and uh you can follow me on twitter at merit k and yeah check out our stuff i think uh i think you'll find something that you'll like awesome thank you so much for coming back mm-hmm. and uh yeah we all always a pleasure yeah <laughs> next relationship centric episode we will <laughs> we'll be sure to have you back <laughs> <laughs> So thanks again to Merit for being on the show. Please check out all of her stuff. And as for us, if you want to check out more of our stuff and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Sign up there and you'll get uh, just that, but also everything behind the $5 paywall. If you sign up for 5 bucks, and that includes everything we've made for the past three and a half years, it'll be available to you instantly. That includes all of our limited miniseries. The most recent one was Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2. That was nine new episodes of Talking Futurama to close out the year. And we will have a another new miniseries coming at you in the spring of 2021 and a second one to follow in the fall of 2021 so if you're on the patreon you got a lot of bonus episodes coming at you this year and also if you sign up for 10 bucks a month at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you get all the five dollar stuff naturally but also access to one mega long podcast once a month just for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry Bob, you're talking about the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast for all the folks who want to hear extra, extra stuff from us each month at the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast level. You get to hear us discuss a different animated feature film each month. Our recent ones have included films as diverse as The End of Evangelion, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, and Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, with another great one coming this month in January. Over 120 hours of a extra podcast in addition to all the $5 stuff will be yours if you are a $10 and up subscriber at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And I have another podcast, by the way, and that is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast about old video games. Find it wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash Retronauts. Sign up there for two bonus episodes every month. Henry, what about you? I'm Henry Gilbert. Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. And also, if you're following people on Twitter, follow the official account of the Talking Simpsons podcast at Talk Simpsons Pod at talk simpsons pod on twitter is how you will know when new podcasts go up for both talking simpsons and our sister podcast what a cartoon as well as all of our exclusives that are on the patreon when we do new interviews or have a poll for another thing we're going to be doing you will stay up to date if you follow the official at talk simpsons pod account on twitter thank you so much for joining us folks we'll see you next time for season two's simpson and delilah and we'll see you then
Sorry, dumping your kids in the forest sure gets your hands dusty. What? You threw our precious babies into the woods? We could have sold them. Go back and get them. Here's a better idea. I know how we can replace those children. Son! Daughter! I'm ever so sorry! La, 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 la. Brave Sir Knight, I pray you, climb up and rescue me. <laughs>